0: A young man, who was also an avid golfer, found himself with a few hours to spare one afternoon. He figured that if he hurried and played very fast, he could get in nine holes before he had to head home. Just as he was about to tee off, an old gentleman shuffled onto the tee and asked if he could accompany the young man as he was golfing alone. Not being able to say no, he allowed the old man to join in. To his surprise... The old man played fairly quickly. He didn't hit the ball far, but plodded along consistently and didn't waste much time. Finally, they reached the ninth fairway and the young man found himself uh, with a tough shot. There was a large pine tree right in front of his ball and directly between his ball and the green. After several minutes of debating how to hit the shot, the old man finally said, You know, when I was your age... I'd hit the ball right over the tree. With that challenge placed before him, the youngster swung hard, hit the ball up, right smack into the top of the tree trunk, and it thudded back down on the ground, not a foot from where it originally laid. The old man offered one more comment. Of course, when I was your age, that pine tree was only three feet tall. The times they are are changing. This is my uh, neat little link. Um I've got a question for you this morning. Can you hear the sound of heaven? Well oh, that's good. Can you hear the sound of heaven? 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 If you could hear the sound of heaven, what would it sound like? Now I'm partly speaking of a mystery here, obviously, but uh, what does heaven sound like? And if you know what it sounds like, can you hear it? Can you hear it? Some of you may hear it audibly in your ears. Can you hear it in your spirit? When Val was talking about revival and what I would call a season of salvation, it's something I feel in my spirit. Do you feel it? There is something to be felt. There's, it's going to issue up. It's not just a thought in your mind, isn't it? Thinking of what I might preach today, about two months ago, start, God simply gave me a phrase. Can you hear the sound of heaven? While I was puzzling about that, I thought, well, what is the sound of heaven? And where in Scripture, where would I find the sound of heaven? Now, there are lots of sounds, actually. There's rushing water. That's one description of heaven, isn't it? There's a mighty army. Whatever a mighty army looks like, that's probably the sound of heaven. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the joy that is in heaven. Is there joy in heaven? Is there joy in heaven? Is heaven in you? Let's see some joy, then. Okay, if you find Luke chapter 15, David's going to put it on the screen in a moment, let's just remind ourselves that actually right now there's a party going on in heaven. Right now. That's why I went round to all the four corners here. Not that I was necessarily expecting to hear something audibly, but actually there is a heavenly party going on right now. And for our purposes... Although you could say, well, it's, you know, where where is heaven? It's just kind of right near you because the kingdom of heaven is in you. But there's a sense in which heavenly activity is increasing around us, isn't it? And and, uh, Luke 15, Jesus in Luke 15 gives us an insight into what we're talking about here and why there might be joy, why there might be a party in heaven going on right now and why, we'll come to that later, why that noise is getting louder At Eastgate, why it's getting louder in Gravesham, why it's getting louder in the southeast of England, why it's getting louder in our nation. Can you hear the sound of heaven? So now, chapter 15, verse 1, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country? It's now become a song, isn't it? And go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, There will be more rejoicing, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, There is rejoicing, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry refused to go in so his father went out and pleaded with him but he answered his father look all these years i've been slaving for you never uh, never disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat so i could celebrate with my friends when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home you kill the fatted calf for him my son father said you are always with me and everything i have is yours but we had to celebrate. Say with me, had to celebrate. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Well-known story, isn't it? So I'm not going to try and expound to you the prodigal of the lost son. But I want to take it- aspects of each of these par- parables to answer this question. What is the sound of heaven? And why is it, why, in my perception at least, and probably in yours, that sound is getting louder and louder by the day? Interesting, isn't it? In these, take these three parables. In the lost son, you've got a description of what mankind is like. He's lost. In the, uh, you know, in the parable of the lost coin, it's slightly different, isn't it? It's a coin rather than a sheep. It's an astute observation. (laughs) The coin actually can't do anything. You know, sheep's a living thing. A coin can't do anything. It's a picture of the helplessness of men and women without Christ. They can't do anything about their salvation. So they're lost and they're helpless. Not only are they lost and they're helpless, but actually they're extremely foolish. Now you've got to understand what the word foolish means in the Bible to really get hold of this. The prodigal son... Lives a very foolish life, doesn't he? Not only because of his immorality, including his sexual immorality, but actually, he takes his inheritance, blows it, and leaves his father. He's separated from God. And all of these three parables are little pictures of what your neighbors and what uh, your friends who don't know Christ and what you were like before you knew Jesus. You were lost, you were helpless. And you were foolish. Anybody watch the one show? Nobody? Look, I'm preaching this again. You need to watch more television. Okay? When I was growing up as a Christian, people were telling you not to watch the television. Now, pastors have got to be saying, you've got to keep (laughs) in contact. I know. I know you get lots of choices. But um, who's heard of Brian Cox? Right, famous uh, astronomer. Brian was on this program at just, I mean, whenever he talks about the universe, it seems to get bigger. I don't know whether that's just Brian or the Hubble telescope, but um, I thought, I was working on the assumption that I lived in a new universe that had something like a billion or several billion galaxies until Tuesday. And Brian said, there's more than that. I trust Brian, I think. <laughs> he was reckoning that the known galaxies now think of a galaxy for the moment. You know, we've we've got space probes that don't even get to the edge of the solar system. The solar system is only part of the Milky Way, which is just one galaxy. As I like to say, that's a lot of chutter. Brian is now talking about two trillion Now, I'm not even sure what a trillion is. Is it a billion, billion, billion? Anybody know? Depends whether you're American or not. Yeah, I mean, there are different systems, isn't it? Well, anyway, even if it was one trillion, it's now two two trillion uh, that we know of. And there could be more. Does it make you feel a bit small? You know, if you're on a space probe going out to Pluto and you take a photograph looking back, we are not even a speck on the picture, the earth. You're not even a speck on the earth, are you, in terms of the vastness. And it was interesting, I mean, just to make you feel good, I mean, God loves you and you're precious to him. And he loves the speck that you are on this little speck in his great universe, All right, Just to redress the balance, because goes, oh, I felt, I, I used to be lost, now I'm lost again. <laughs> <laughs> what was fascinating, though, there was uh, an actress from, a uh, well-known actress who was, who was actually asking what, she said, I get very scared about infinity, the whole concept of infinity, what does it mean? I just don't know what it means. And, uh, you know, he was, he was saying, well, uh, nobody really knows what it means. <laughs> um, but then he said this. He said, but the more important question that we should be asking, and I don't know if Brian has any kind of Christian credentials at all, really, fact far the opposite. The question we should be asking, what's the purpose of it all? You just wanted to pause, didn't you? I'm just going to get in a car and go down to, you know, the BBC studios and get on the program here and say, let me tell you why you're here. People are lost and helpless and actually quite foolish in their thinking because they've not discovered in this huge universe what the purpose of it all is for. And you and I have the privilege of knowing why we're here. It's a very, very basic question, isn't it? But most people around us don't know how to answer that question. And it doesn't matter how much perception we have into astronomy or into science, we're not going to find that answer unless we're turning back, like the prodigal son, back to his father and finding the joy that's in heaven. If you had a joy monitor, anybody got a joy monitor? Where where's your joy monitor at the moment? Sort of from a scale from naught to ten. How how are you feeling at the moment? Anybody five or above? Okay, just anybody want to raise it a little six? Who's who's six? Seven? Eight? Nine? Ding. Ten. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit more, just came up. Why should we be excited? Why do I, why am I trying to say, uh, um, you know, what am I trying to say? That's a good question. Um, is that joy, the joy that you have from the Lord is indescribable, isn't it? So I'm not saying, you you know, that, uh, that somehow you internally, you know, internally, um, you know can, can increase, well, you can increase that. But what is it that's going on in our society that's getting me excited that actually... The the sound of heaven is getting louder. Well, it's because the lost sheep are coming home, lost coins are being found, and prodigals are returning. Think of it in this way. What are some of the signs of the kingdom of God that you're already experiencing? We are already experiencing. The town is already experiencing Anybody got any other signs? What are the signs of the kingdom of God? Anybody like to give me one? Who? The deaf here. Right. Well, let's just let's, let's broaden that and say miracles. Yeah. All the miracles of healing. Now, if you'd come to this church ten years ago, even five years ago, you wouldn't be, even two years ago, you wouldn't be experiencing the healing and miracles that we experience now. Anybody need a miracle this morning, by the way? Has anybody got, uh, I, had a, I think I had a word of knowledge earlier about, anybody got a problem with their jaw? Got a problem with your jaw? Yeah? Is it? Would just like to lay, what's your name? Nikki. Is that your mum and your husband? And your friends? Your husband's on. Okay. <laughs> Do you not just lay hands on Nikki? We just want to release healing. Why don't you, why don't you raise your hands over, over towards us as well? Is it is it painful, or is it locked, or is it? It's very painful. Okay. So, Father, we just want to release your healing over this jaw right now. We pray, pray right now for pain to go completely. Reduce that pain, Lord. Be healed in Jesus' name. Okay. How's it feeling? Say that again? Not as painful. St- not as painful. Very good. If your husband keeps his hand on you, it's going to go before the end of the meeting. <laughs> Shouldn't be too difficult yet. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Anybody else with a pressing need? Oh yeah, yep. Sky. Is it okay to share it or not? Just want to keep you quiet. Yeah. Steph, just lay hands on Sky. Put your hands over towards Sky. This is the sound of heaven, folks. The sound of heaven is working through you to bring joy into somebody's life through healing. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will raise. God is over and above every problem, every situation we have. So, Father, we pray for Sky right now, for you to bless her, pour out your power on her, and let your kingdom come. Father, we just pray for breakthrough, for Holy Spirit breakthrough. Let your kingdom come, Father, more and more and more. Do you want to just have a little chuckle about the fact that God's healing people? (laughs) Right? One of the things we've kind of learnt about joy is it's okay to stimulate it. Okay. Just think of the people who are getting healed. And that's just here. All around the world, in in terms of people getting saved, apparently there's something like 65,000 people who get saved in the world every day. If... There is more rejoicing over one sinner saved than 99 righteous people. No wonder there's a party going on in heaven. And there's a party going on in heaven whenever his kingdom is breaking through and it's breaking through with healing and, uh, yeah, with miracles, isn't it? It's breaking through with tongues and prophecy. I mean, I would like, I mean, when we have a prophecy day here with the evening school, something like two and a half thousand prophecies are released on that day. Do stop somebody in our corridor and say, could you prophesy over me? Or if you can't, can you find somebody who will? One of the joys that we experience here is the freedom to be able to prophesy over one another. And uh, boy, I I wonder if the Corinthian church, if they could be transported to Eastgate, where they were looking at, wow, you guys have really got it going, haven't you? Now, we don't want to import some of the problems that the Corinthians had. But, you know, it, but that that overwhelming sense, that's a sign of the kingdom. Is God pleased when his prophet, prophetic words are uttered to other people? Or is he going, now? let's see how they get on with this one. Let's just check this out. I want to know that this is really from the Holy Spirit <laughs> I'm sure God is kind of weighing There might be one sense, but He is pleasing it that His Word, what He wants to say to somebody else on a regular basis, is released amongst us. He loves it when you speaking tongues. Anybody speaking tongues already today? Fifty percent. Um, I remember, I remember describing years ago to somebody, we're the church I was part of then. We're fifty percent charismatic. By which I think I meant, you know, as soon as I said it, you can't be 50% charismatic. We only have 50% of the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever. I don't know what's happened to the other 50%, but what I was trying to express is we're kind of feeling our way, you know, with spiritual gifts. Folks, press in with the gift of tongues. Why? Why? Because that was one of the first, well, one of the, it was the first sign of the kingdom, post Jesus' death and resurrection. What happens? He ascends to heaven and pours out his Holy Spirit on his church. And what do they do? Speak in tongues. <laughs> okay, we've had 2,000 years of Christian history to learn that actually speaking in tongues is a sign of the kingdom. It's a sign, it's, it's part of the sound of heaven. In fact, it literally is a sound. So every time that you are praying in tongues, isn't it fun to pray in tongues and know absolutely nothing about what you're praying? However, since the mind of the Spirit knows the mind of God, when you pray through the Spirit, you are praying in the will of God. You ever wondered if you're praying in the will of God? Well, is, it, is it God's will? Is it not God's will? Don't worry about that. Just pray in tongues and then you know the Holy Spirit is praying through you and you are praying some amazing, you are praying the best prayers of your life. Because the Holy Spirit, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, He knows the mind of God. He is the greatest search engine in the world. He knows everything. And surely if the one who knows everything is praying through you, you have an amazing prayer life. Anybody pray in tongues here? raise your hands just say with me i have an amazing prayer life i will no longer be, feel guilty about my prayer life keep your hands up if sometimes you feel guilty about not praying enough come on be honest if you have got your hand down you're probably not being honest in which case you need to repent <laughs> we have ham- there are two things in the church we have hammered so much that now people everybody feels guilty about which is kind of strange really isn't it why should you feel guilty about pray, you know, anyway, you know, if you've been around the Christian scene, you know what I mean. Praying in tongues is a great gift. It's a sign of the kingdom. And there's a sense in which the more that you're connected in, the more you're going to hear the sound of heaven, the celebration that's going on, the joy that is going on. Let's take a, one or two other signs of the kingdom that, that I know personally, and some of you will know, are happening in our locality. Here's another one of them. The Good news of Jesus Christ is being preached to the poor. Did you know that? Whether it's through food bank or sanctuary or street pastors or perhaps your personal contact with people who are, and poor is a relative term, I know, but we have poor people around us. If you haven't got a house, that probably means, I mean, literally have a house over your head, roof over your head, probably means you're poor. If you haven't got a job, probably means you're poor in that sense. But the good news, over the period between November and March, for instance, if you just take the sanctuary project, 118 guests went through the sanctuary. That's our overnight shelter three times a week between those sort of winter cold months. 118 guests went through, all of them experiencing the love and good news of Jesus Christ. Some of them are getting saved, some of them are getting baptized, some of them are getting into church. Some of them are getting housed, some of them are getting back into work. Good news is preached to the poor. Why did Jesus make such a thing about preaching to the poor? And obviously, he, pre- you know, he also said, preach to the poor in the spirit, which actually is everybody. But those who are, everybody's poor in spirit. Some people are poor economically. Why is it such good news? Why? Because in, in the first century, to know to have riches was a demonstration of the blessing of God. So the opposite then would have been thought to be true, that if you were poor, you weren't righteous, you weren't experiencing God's blessing. Jesus comes along and drives a carton horse through that thinking and says, here's the kingdom, the good news is being preached to the poor. Amen? Whether you're directly involved in sanctuary or food bank or anything else, have no connection, rejoice in your heart that in our town, in our city as it were, Good news is preached to the poor because that's a sign of revival. Can be a consequence of revival, I know, but it's a sign that the kingdom of God is advancing. So what have we got so far? We've got heaps of healing. We've got tongues. We've got prophecy. We've got good news being preached to the poor. I think there's some other things on my list. Oh, yeah. The fish are jumping into the boat. Anybody remember that picture that Fiona and Mark put up on our screen some months ago now? It was a really, I think it was in the Amazon River or somewhere like that, somewhere in Brazil or South America. And there's this natural phenomenon where you go go along and you've got an open sort of canoe or open boat. And for whatever reason, nobody really understands, but the fish literally are jumping in the river. And if you just take your boat down there, you know, it's the easiest form of fishing. Anybody a fisherman here? Or Steve will know how... That's a bit of a fraud, really, isn't it? It's not really proper fishing, but, you know. But anyway, they're jumping to the boat, and they they use that as a prophetic picture of what God was going to do amongst us. And I am just collecting stories now. Someone in our church had their neighbor say, do you go to, literally over the garden fence, do you go to, just this week, do you go to church? Yes, I do. Now, I don't know if, if you're like me, I don't know, I wonder what the next question is going to be. Ooh, what, what kind of church is it? You know, blah 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 blah. And then you get into sort of some long conversation. Really, she said, "Do you go to church?" He said, "Yes." She said, "I want to come to your church." That's a fish jumping into the boat. No disrespect to that person. I'm always aware when we tell these stories. When you find that person, don't don't tell them. You know. Tell them they were an object of... We don't know their names anyway. I haven't told you the person in the church either, but some of you might know the personally. Anyway, that's a fish jumping into the boat, isn't it? Val, Val, come quickly. Tell us about your your guy at the gym.
1: So um, there was a guy in my church who... I mean, at my gym, who had um, a problem with his knee um, and he was doing a weightlifting competition. He is doing one next month. So I asked him if I could pray. So he said, oh, I'm not religious. I said, that's okay. It's my faith, not yours. He's like, oh, go on then. So um, so I prayed for him and then nothing happened straight away, but I just gave a whole load of testimonies of other people being healed and especially around knees and stuff. And then the next day, he went to the gym to do his workout and he forgot his knee guard and um, he said, oh, in his mind, he was like, oh, I remember Val's prayer, so I'll do it anyway. So he managed to lift, two, his um, personal best was 183 kilograms for a deadlift exercise and that's one rep, and he managed to increase that by two reps without a knee brace, and uh, which is amazing. Yeah, I know. Those who do weightlifting will know that's really good. <laughs> and um, and he told the owner of the gym, who then came to me and went, Val, what the bleep? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> So I was like, what? So he said, oh, so-and-so's knee got healed. What the bleep? I was like, yeah, it's pretty awesome, eh? He's like, yeah. And then he rattles off all the other testimonies that I shared. And he's like, what the bleep? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, what transpired from there is he asked me to pray for his, um, his bicep. He said, but what I really want is I, I really want peace. Can you help me out with that? I was like, so I took him through, I was like, yeah, piece is a person, his name is Jesus. And uh, he's like, I'm going to get my life together, and um, I'm going to come to church. I mean, we both know it doesn't have to wait until then, but it was just amazing. And then I had another lady in my class um, earlier this week who came to me, actually, Joe's neighbor. And uh, she said to me, can you tell me about your religion, please? (laughs) I was like, it was just totally unexpected. Yeah, Yeah.
0: fantastic. (laughs) So why don't we just stand for a moment? Just tune in to the Holy Spirit. Can you hear the sound of heaven? The kingdom of God is here. Father, we pray that you'd release more and more fish to jump into your kingdom, to jump into your boat. Father, thank you that you seek and save the lost. Despite our helplessness, you set Jesus to die and rise again and poured out your Holy Spirit so that we could know your love and know why we're here and bring glory to your name. So, Father... Give us many fish. Amen.